What is going on, my podcast listeners? This is your host, Rafal. Like Shevsky, that was dramatic. Um, so I want to do a quick episode today, since I will be off of social media as of Wednesday, because I'm gonna be going on vacation with the wife to Mexico to kind of disconnect and finally actually vacation and not just be rushing constantly but um two weekends ago went down to long beach to do the internal strength model certification with dr andrew espina and uh a lot of shit just fell in my trunk um and it was one of those conferences that just opened up my eyes so much like so so much and the funny thing is that a lot of the stuff that they brought up in the courses a lot of the things that I've been thinking about this past year but never got to the point of going down the rabbit hole of filtering through research figuring out a system putting it into a nice little package like Spina did and started implementing it So, the biggest thing that I took away from the course is everything that we do in an external model of training, which is, you know, using a barbell, using a um, dumbbell, a kettlebell, whatever you want to define training. The traditional strength model is an external model. Whereas the internal stuff, meaning the health of your joint capsule, is the internal stuff that you don't really work on unless you get super injured to a point where say you have a rotator cuff tear and you go to physio, chiro, whatever it is, and you're doing stuff for the capsule to strengthen it to get out of pain And the moment you're out of pain, you throw that shit away and you're back to bench pressing. And then you kind of fall into this, um, I guess, terrible habit of kind of trying to get consistent at the gym, build strength, whatever it is, and then something tweaks and you have to take time off and you don't really see the strength gains that you want. So... Anything that we do externally as movement is a direct influence of how well the internal model works. So if your joint works at 30%, you're only going to get 30% out of the exercises influenced by that joint, which is something that I've been saying probably for the last year. And Spina just dove really hard head first into the internal model and kind of showcased his point that this is the stuff that a lot of us have been missing and some of the things that I've been thinking about in my career is that you know lately the last year I've been kind of dubbed as like the rehab guy because I've been getting a lot of people coming to me because they see my videos online talking about joint health and like how we should be able to move X, Y, and Z. 
And, you know, getting someone to learn how to move more effectively and in, in full control is huge. Like, every time I take someone through an assessment and then I try to get them to actively move, say, their shoulder through the full ranges of motion that it's designed to move in, they have no idea how to move that shoulder joint without some sort of compensation pattern or they have no idea where their arm is in space and time and it kind of just falls to their side. And I'm like, why do people move so poorly? Like, you should be able to move your shoulder into extension and then rotate it through internal and external rotation. But for some reason, 99% of the people that come to me, when I ask them to demonstrate that, they have no fucking idea what's going on with their body. And these are the same people that come to me where they're like, hey, I've been trying to go to the gym and get consistent, but every so often something flares up, my knee starts hurting when I squat, or my hip starts hurting, or my SI joint starts acting up. And when I check their active control at those said joints of being injured, I'm like, you have no fucking idea how to move this thing. So if you have no idea, how do you expect you to put a barbell on your back and start doing squats, think that that's gonna be okay? And the funny thing is with exercise is like you're not going to get injured right there and then in the act of training. It's an accumulative effect. And then this comes down to this whole ex idea of an external model is that when people get a certain to a certain point where um, they start training consistently, you know, the whole like I call them newbie gains, like essentially any untrained person, like they can do any routine out there they could literally just do a hundred squats every single day and they would get a training effect and they would get better but the moment that you become this from like an untrained person to a trained person trying to get better at your fitness all you really have left is i'm going to add more volume and you can probably think to yourself like okay you know i've been trained the last five years and my only go-to is like, I'm gonna train harder. I'm gonna train longer. I'm gonna do more sets of this exercise. I'm gonna do more reps of this exercise. Or I'm gonna do less reps and really, really heavy weight. And that's all you have is doing things with volume. And for the general population, you can only get so far with that. And that's where we fall into the volume problem where people are doing so much and then they end up injuring themselves and they usually don't know what to do so they go into passive treatments like massage chiro physio but don't really hone in on the exercise portion and things just get worse and worse and worse so if i can get an individual working their internal stuff for a while then they can get better so for me when i train a general population person it's almost like nine out of 10 times, it's like I'm getting them to do kin stretch because that's what they need. You know, they don't need me to shit kick them because they can do that on their own. And this is something that I've been talking about forever. Like, 
it's so easy to make someone tired in a training session. Do a fucking hundred burpees. You're going to be so fucking tired doing that. But it's very, very difficult to make someone better. And this is the thing that I've been trying to educate new clients, new trainers on. Because any Joe Schmo down the street will do the exact same thing. Because clients, for some reason, feel that they have to be shit kicked to get better. Like, think about the best athletes in the world. Do you think their trainers shit kick them every single day? And then they have a fight on the weekend? Or they have, um, you know, a soccer match on the Saturday? Like, no. Like, they're going to be doing enough volume that they can recover from in order to do their sport. But for some reason, when it comes to general fitness, the general population, it's like, no, I need to have, like, bouts of feelings of where I'm with almost about to throw up and I have to be so sore every fucking day to do any like good on my body that's like just terrible to me and then that goes down the whole rabbit hole of like I have to be sore in order to you know see change that's not true like you can boil water at 400 degrees and 100 degrees you're still gonna get there you boiling water at 400 degrees for longer is going to get you the same result. Like, there is a diminishing reward after hitting that boiling point. Hopefully this is making sense because I'm just like rambling on because this is a lot of the thoughts about what I kind of took away from the course. And going down this whole rabbit hole of making someone better. The example I always give is like, you know, you give the 100 trainers in your area and you ask them, like, is your shit good? Like, do you make people better? They all, they're all going to say yes. Like, they're going to say, yeah, my shit is the best. I'm the best trainer. But if you took all of those trainers and said, hey, I have a power lifter that can, you know, bench press 500 pounds, which is like an unbelievable feat of strength. And take those trainers and go, how would you take this person from a 500-pound deadlift, uh, not deadlift, 500-pound bench press to 505? And then they're going to begin to really think and be like, well, fuck, I actually don't know. Most of them are going to bullshit be like, well, you know, with my programming, we're going to do this deload week, and then we're going to add a lot of volume, and then we're going to do this thing. I would be surprised if any of those trainers would truly, in six weeks, 10 weeks, 12, fucking six months, could get that guy to PR to 505. That person who already accumulated that much strength has probably exhausted every means of external training there is. And you're telling me that because you think you're shit that has worked for untrained individuals, because let's be honest, most trainers in your area are not training professional athletes that every trainer thinks that they're going to be able to have when they get into the industry. They train general population people. Sure, you probably have some athletic people or you train general population people that with athletic training, which is a fucking terrible idea, but that's another podcast. Um, there's a serious gap 
in knowledge on how to make human beings better or at least a lack of effort or a lack of knowledge and I would guarantee that if we took this internal model to a very highly trained individual that's never done any internal work and we made this power lifter's shoulder joint stronger to generate more force from an internal effort that would bleed into an external movement like the bench press fucking guaranteed that guy is going to be stronger to a 505 bench press but this is the stuff that like people don't dive into because they either don't know any better or they're just fine with being mediocre trainers or just mediocre training in general and like I had a conversation with a client today talking about you know what they were used to training in the gym and they were like you know do like an upper body split and like a lower body split and the interesting thing with that is like there's nothing wrong with that but to a certain point it's like take a general population person doing an upper and lower body split you get to a point where you plateau like like you just can't do any more volume and you don't have a training effect from it anymore what do you do in that situation right like all you really have is just more volume more variations of the same fucking bicep curl um, over and over and over again I personally think that the internal model of learning how to make your joints stronger and gaining more active control is a, is a huge missing link in a lot of people's training and what's kind of interesting to me is that uh, I have this one client that came to me recently with a lot of pain and she fits that typical like I've been you know training a lot trying to get consistent something flares up I don't know why so we did a kin stress session together and one of the first things that we were working on was hip internal rotation and I physically put her hip into nine degrees of hip flexion and manually put her into internal rotation and I wanted her to do a pales contraction I'm like push your leg like this into me like you want to push me over and it was the lightest contraction I ever felt and I was like okay well maybe you're not getting it like let me like readjust and I recued her I showed her what I wanted and I'm like now like now that you get it like really fucking hit me like you want to break my ribs open like drive your leg into me and it may be increased by 10% if that and then she was like you know I don't feel like I have control in my hip joint and I'm like yeah that's that's clear like you feel that you have a disconnect of your brain trying to send a signal to the muscles involved in your hip to do this motion and then you're telling me that when you go to the gym and you're doing deadlifts and snatches and walking lunges that all require active hip internal rotation like there's definitely a disconnect of how you're supposed to generate that movement so I could guarantee that if I took anyone that's listening through a thorough assessment I would find a huge gap in your internal 
um, control of your joints and that would be the lowest hanging fruit to improve on to improve the things that you want to do in the gym physically and this kind of keeps leading me down this rabbit hole of like people have been missing so much out of their training because the world of strength conditioning has hit the stagnation point for the longest time and also like in my previous episode i'm talking about how our industry is literally all right sorry my video cut out because i ran out of room on my phone so we're gonna go right into it right now so what i was saying is that the industry of fitness and health at least exercise science is only 70 years old so we are just scratching the surface of what we know so when it comes to figuring out what works and what doesn't you know i look up to dr andrew Espina because he's been in an industry for a long time and if you've ever taken one of his courses he dives so deep into the literature and does such a good job of interpreting it to figure out what we should be doing for improving humans, how we function, how to get out of pain, how to get strong. So when I meet other coaches or talk to them about who they follow in the industry and they say something like, oh, you know, I just get ideas from Instagram and I'm like, ideas, okay, cool. so everything that you're doing for your clients to improve their health is based on an idea. All right. <laughs> so it's almost kind of embarrassing for my industry where I hear that. And, you know, I'm not trying to trash on other trainers, but like if that is your, you know, standard of pursuing education to help another human being then you're in the wrong industry and I've seen this happen so so much and it's really sad because people are coming to you because they're you know overweight struggling both mentally and physically and they're paying you for your time and expertise and if you just say you know I got this idea from Instagram because it looked fucking hard like fuck you know just fuck but the thing that trainers need to do is constantly do continuing education like I cannot put a huge emphasis on that enough because things change constantly you know and that was one of the things that I've always done is that at the end of each year I try to reflect on what I've learned what I've changed in training And then I try to challenge all of my beliefs to see if they still stick and if I still believe in how I train. And a lot of times, you know, I'll pinpoint certain things and I'm like, you know what, I can actually do better on this and that and this to improve the quality of service I give to my clients. So I think to kind of wrap all this up, the internal model course really opened my eyes in what people are really missing because at the end of the day everything that we do in an external environment is how well tuned our internal environment works 
and every time now I do uh, an assessment with someone, I'm like, you have no idea where your hip is in space and time. And you feel the disconnect, you feel the mobility limitations, and then you wonder why when you decide to back squat or deadlift, you either hit a plateau really, really hard, or you get injured. And it's not like rocket science, it's just like focus on the internal stuff. You don't have to do a complete switch over, but do some of the stuff and you'll see huge results. So I think in summary, and I might just start rambling a little bit more here, is training is always going to evolve. And I'm constantly looking at different courses and different thought processes, different parts of research to improve what I do. Because it's the equivalent if like I hired an accountant to, you know, help me with my business and help me with my taxes, but they're using information from the 90s. Like, it'll get you somewhere, but it's not going to get you to where you want to be. And we need, as trainers, need to make the fitness industry better. And it all starts with constantly challenging in what you believe and challenging yourself to become better. I think that's the hardest thing in life to do is trying to get yourself better. So I'm going to try to wrap it up here because I can probably talk forever. But guys, thank you so much for listening and watching. You know, make sure you add me on Facebook, add me on Instagram. And if you have not subscribed to my YouTube channel, please do so now because I've been posting a lot of shorts, basically YouTube's versions of reels for all the exercises and workouts that I do. So if you want to have like a full library of access to all my stuff, like that's going to be the easiest thing because you can actually search within my YouTube channel, whereas Instagram and Facebook, it's kind of hard to go back. Like I'm looking for, you know, shoulder exercises and you're just like scrolling through my feed. And I'm almost at 500 subscribers on YouTube. I think I need two more people to hit 500, which is huge. So if you've been enjoying my content, support me by just subscribing to my YouTube channel. And that's going to help me push into more people's eyes. And hopefully I can help more people because at the end of the day, that's all I want to do. So thank you for listening to me ramble about the internal strength model and my thoughts on fitness and health. That's it for me, guys. Until next time.